What's up my fellow scruffy looking nerf herders and welcome to the Carbonite Chat. Today we're going to be talking about chapters 4 through 7 of the Last Jedi novelization. Now this one really kind of covers at the beginning of the battle that happens just over to Car, and then we jump to Octu with Ray and Luke and then it goes back and it kind of leads all the way up to right before Leia is kind of shot out into space to pull her little Mary Poppins thing. So the first thing that's just kind of, <laughs> there wasn't much added to the story of that battle, but there was a few things that just really bothersome, <laughs> really bothersome. One is trying to talk down or put down Akbar. This really bothers me. This is, I mean, it's just another thing where they're trying to destroy the old, you know, the original trilogy characters. Akbar now is supposedly basically senile. He has to have Rose, of course, because Rose does everything great. If they would have had Rose around a little bit longer, nothing would have happened because they would have she would have created the baffles so that they never even would have been chased back and then now that they're flying away, Admiral Akbar, the hero of the rebellion, the strategist he's got to have Rose to help him because he can't even he can barely see what's going on so he needs he, he, his eyes are almost too gone but that that you might be like well that's not that big of a deal but then they add to it and say no but he can even he can barely even you know figure things out now he's not you know he's so slow he's not as fast as he used to be and it's hard for him to work out to figure out what to do next and <clears throat> that that's that's what he's going through now. This is Admiral Akbar. It's almost like Ryan Johnson heard everybody, everybody complain and say, "Oh no, Admiral Akbar, you should have left him so that you know Holdo would instead of Holdo being the leader, Admiral Akbar would have been the leader." And he was like, "Oh, but y'all are y'all just don't know that Admiral Akbar is actually a senile fool now." See, we just didn't know. Ryan Johnson knew what he was doing. He knew that it would be better to not have the senile fool of Admiral Akbar leading. That would just be terrible. Speaking of more terrible, adding to Hux, they talk about Hux and that he's a fool yet again, which is just continually trying to make it as if like, oh, these are incredible villains. You know, these are so great, everyone looks down on them as pathetic idiots. It's like the villains are the Three Stooges, and we need to fear the Three Stooges. No one fears the Three Stooges. It's absolutely insane. And then to add to it again, to just not grasping or understanding who the original trilogy, like how Star Wars plays out their villains, that they have Kennedy, who's leading the Dreadnought, discussing that he's worried about the lives of the TIE Fighters and how many of them are going to make it home. So the Space Nazis are worried about the lives of their subordinates? Like, what? That just, no, no, that's not, no, you're, you're missing the point completely, totally, 100% missing the point. And then they still didn't cover or just ignore the fact that Leia never calls back the bombers. That Poe says, hey, bombers, come on. It was part of the plan all the way through. And then a little while later, Leia decides to back out of the plan. And she tells Poe. Poe shuts his comm off. But they don't reach out and say anything to the bombers. They didn't cover that. I thought they would definitely try to cover their tracks on this. And like, 
something would happen. They would make some kind of stupid little, you know, write-in to try to fix this. But, you know, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you send it to one of the other eight ships, eight bombers? Or there was also A-Wings out there. Why didn't you tell anyone else? But we got to put all the blame on Poe. And this is something that this book really starts to try to hit home even more. And I'll just, I've done a whole video. I'll, I'll link it either here or at the end of the video. It, the way they characterize Poe is absolutely insane. It has nothing to do with his character. It does it. He is so far from who they portray him as. And I'm taking this from canon, the comics that have come before this. You just, you can't do it. Like, it shows that he doesn't, like, Ryan has zero respect for any of the Star Wars fans. And those people, there's a few people that I've talked to that like The Last Jedi, that follow everything in canon. I just can't grasp why you can be like, no, nah, it's cool, man. It's great. I like The Last Jedi. And they'll defend Ryan Johnson when Ryan Johnson's just spitting in your face. Like, I'm on your side. Not Ryan Johnson, not The Last Jedi, not Disney Star Wars. They clearly do not care about canon. They clearly don't. It means nothing to them. They'll just trash it for whatever blind, whimsy idea these idiots have. So, Poe, after this battle where people have died, and we have seen in canon that that really messes with him. That really messes with him. I mean, it bothers him when he loses one person. It affects him. His whole, his, everything he does is about all the people around him. That, that's, that's what it, like, he, he's always focused on those around, that's what matters to him. He's willing to die for everyone else. No questions asked. He's not in it for the glory at all. There's never a mention of glory with him. Now, after this scene, when he shows up and he flies in and just barely lands on the Raddus, what's in his mind if you're Ryan Johnson or Jason Fry, if you're two bumbling idiots? What do you think Poe would be thinking at this point? If you're two idiots that have no clue how a normal human would function, if you can't write anything at all, if you're that stupid, think of the dumbest, stupidest thing you could ever say. The dumbest thing you could ever have a Star Wars character do. Think about it. What would it be? Would it be you land and you start asking whether or not you can break records if if you've the, now the fastest X-Wing ever? That you just killed 40 to 50 people and because of it? You land and you're like, oh man, BB-8, that was fast, wasn't it? Man, we were really fast. Because I'm a two-year-old. I'm a two-year-old. That was really fast. Did I break the record, BB-8? And now you have BB-8 going and telling him, yeah, you broke broke the record. And BB-8 started to be like, man, this guy's so, you know, so cocky. It's so annoying. Like, they have BB-8 even written in such a way that BB-8 looks down on Poe as just this cocky idiot. What? The Force Awakens was so clear. And even in the comments you can add in, it was so clear that BB-8 adores Poe. And Poe adores BB-8. Does it look, does BB-8 act like a droid in The Force Awakens that 
didn't really like his pilot. You know, his pilot's a little cocky, a little annoying. He's only focused on himself. Or does BB-8 look like someone that absolutely adores Poe? That he will do anything to try to get to him the second he sees him. He's like running over people, trying to run to Poe. The whole time. But yet, now they're going to play it out like, in BB-8's mind, he's actually like, Oh, God, this guy, he sucks. He's miserable. All he does is care about himself and trying to break a stupid record. And then to add on top of it, Poe goes, Oh, man, did I break the fastest starfighter? And BB-8's like, Huh, you know, I don't want to... This is in his head, obviously. He's like, I don't, you know, want to waste the time and resources to try to solve this because this... You know, basically, idiot wants to just know if he's got records or not, and this isn't important. It's a waste of resources. So I'll just tell him he did, and if he finds out later he didn't, well, that's a good humbling moment for him. So the droid's trying to humble Poe. This is how insane they are at writing people. This is this is so stupid, and it points out every single person that wrote an article talking about how negative things about Poe and saying like he's toxic toxic masculinity or this is the issue with men today or whatever else you said this is this is the level you are you're a two-year-old whining baby you're an idiot you're a fool you have zero intellectual capacity to understand the like depths of humans and to see how a person would act and how a real person would function that you think this absurd characterization of someone is actually fitting and worth writing an article about. As if it defends your stupid points that you think you have because you're an idiot. You're a stupid idiot. That's what you are. If you if you wrote about stuff like this, when someone is writing an article, someone's writing a story about someone that's so just insanely, absurdly written that they go into war and kill multiple people even though I think it was defensible what happened. But still, he had 50 people dead. And he lands and he's only worried about a record he broke. That is insane. That is some high-level psychopathy that he would have to be able to pull off something like that. And that's how you that that's just how you view men. Because you you guys, you are, that's what you are. You're the crazy people. You're the insane people. You're the people that all the wiring's not quite right. And that's why this stuff makes sense to you. That's why you think you're liberated by it. You're like, yes, finally someone gets me. And that's why you struggle so hard to understand why half the people hate this movie. Because it doesn't make sense. These are not realistic circumstances. These do not connect to any normal human beings. People that look at life and make logical decisions. It doesn't make sense to us. It, it's insane. Then it goes to Octu. And they make an excuse for why Chewie's kind of sidelined and not used. Because they can't say, oh, he's an original trilogy character. So we don't want to use him. So he's just fixing up the Falcon. Because the Falcon always needs fixing, right? <laughs> I watched the original trilogy. I know things. Good job, Jason Fry. You idiot. And so then, so he's fixing the Falcon. That's why he's not around. And then Ray trying to get to Luke. Because that matters. That's important. That's something we need to do. 
We followed an entire movie to get there. So you would think, you know, let's get up the to the mountain, top of the mountain to talk to Luke. But Ray's checking out Porgs. She's watching Porgs and thinking how funny it is that these Porgs are basically rocks with wings and they're flapping to try to get up but they can't quite do it and it's so funny he he uh uh, uh, i mean it's just even in his book he's got to add these just stupid stupid porks now one thing that's just it's just funny because it shows how stupid these are these people are writing this book it says in the book that after luke tosses the lightsaber that ray watches it falls down and then turns back to luke I don't know if it was just because Ryan Johnson and Jason Fry were just in this euphoric moment of just such just excitement that they could not think straight because they had just, you know, ruined Luke Skywalker, which has probably been their dreams throughout history. I mean, Ryan clearly did what he did in The Last Jedi and Jason Fry had a chance to write Luke in around the old trilogy when in between the new hope and empire strikes back and he did just a horrific job so there's potential that he's just a terrible writer but you know how could you do so bad <laughs> if you actually enjoyed or liked the character but it was they must have been in such a euphoric moment where they were like yes we are ruining it i can see the fanboys angry all those people I just, I want to destroy them and make them feel terrible because I'm a pathetic whiny baby and it makes me happy to do that. And so they were probably just so euphoric at the thought, just picturing it as the lightsaber tossed and all they could think about was that. And so then the idiots wrote in that Ray turned back to Luke. She, she, she's standing right in front of Luke. Luke tosses it over her shoulder (laughs) there there is there's no turning back you idiots you you idiots she didn't he didn't throw it over ray's head and then ray turned around to watch it fly away and then turns back to luke like what hey what are you doing this is stupid this isn't clever this isn't great subversive ideas this is just stupid let me, let me slow it down for you. Let me find something that... Um, aha. Pretend this is a lightsaber. I want you to, I want you to focus, Ryan and Jason, because I, I understand that uh, common sense is very, very hard for you to grasp. Very hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's borderline quantum physics for you. So, let's... let's break into this i'm luke i have the lightsaber you're ray you're looking at me right now i throw the lightsaber over my shoulder you watched it now do you turn back to me or were you always looking at me you idiots <laughs> it's just i mean it's not it shouldn't be surprising they they they're just just so stupid so so stupid and then it goes luke walks down and he's sitting in his hut sulking as ray goes to get to the lightsaber so 
Luke, the hero of the original trilogy, is sulking away like a pathetic person in a hut as Ray goes to pick up, you know, his stuff as he's throwing it around. You decide whether or not there's more stuff inside of that to dig into. Uh, one, they did, they, they covered their tracks, though, because right after that, when they're trying to tell him that Han died, everybody was like, Ray has a translate Wookiee for Luke. But no, no, she didn't. She just cuts Chewie off and says, finishes it for him because she felt Chewie wouldn't want to say that Han died to Luke. And so she cut it off and she said it. So she didn't translate Wookiee for Luke. She just finished what Chewie was saying. So she, she cut him off because... She's got to speak. She needs to tell the information. She's got to reveal it because she's the most important character. She knew in her in her Mary Sue-ness, she could sense it, you know, her powers, that Chewie didn't really want to say it. Chewie, Chewie can't handle struggle and loss. Even though his entire family and his entire planet has been slaves forever, and he's had a very rough life, and he's seen many other people die. He couldn't handle this. This was too hard for him. He needed Ray to step in. He needed Ray to finish it for him. Because she's big and strong and tough. And she can handle this. Because she's lived a rough life. And that's why she's not a Mary Sue. Because she's just, she's so, she she's talented. There was a book, a little kid's novel, that was like this big. And it just, it was basically, should have been called Why Ray's Not a Mary Sue. And like she She's she's scavenging on a desert planet, but she has, you know, a, a fighter pilot simulation thing that she can just flip through the different ships. And so that's why she's able to fly anything. And she also has a book that where she has where she can read and study everyone else's languages. And so she was able to learn Wookiee because of that. And you know, everything's explained. She's not a Mary Sue. <laughs> it's just so then it goes to Hux right after Luke's been told about Han's death it cuts away so like all that talk about like nah they're gonna do it in the book first off you shouldn't do it in the book Han Solo deserves some emotional reaction from the key characters but you don't have that it cuts away even if that happens later I'm multiple chapters down the road now and it hasn't happened you cut away for a long period of time why it's because you don't care. There don't like the only reason if it's if if it's in there, because people have said it's in here. If it's in here, it's just done to pass people off. Just like the funeral that they said they had about Han, it wasn't meaningful. It didn't. It didn't zero respect for the character in that. Zero respect. They're sitting there, and half the people are frustrated, just waiting for it to end so that they can leave. Leia didn't even really want to do the funeral. So don't like it's just disrespect over disrespect over disrespect. But don't so I know a lot of you aren't going to read it. So don't sit there and start to don't don't even pull back and give them, you know, a place to say, oh no, but Han Luke did care about Han because, you know, Luke he did you know kind of struggle with Han's death in the novels. Nah, don't don't give them that crap. So then it goes to Hux on the supremacy and he's talking about the stuff of the supremacy. And this is actually something that I like with Hux. Um, it should have been in the movie. It should have been the way Hux was kind of portrayed the entire time. Now it's just like, Oh, see, this could have been, 
this could have been an interesting thing, but it's wasted. It's pointless. It, it means nothing. Any interest that you create here is just to like to show how stupid you really are. <laughs> that like you could have you, like just. Uh. So he's talking about the supremacy, and he's discussing how they're able to manufacture everything there, and they have R and D there, and they have the training there, and they basically they have everything that you could possibly need on that ship. And he's kind of discussing how. Having a moving kind of battle station like that that is able to move like this is the supremacy is that it sets it up to where if they're in a battle or if they're in a situation and they need new things like if they need if they're needing new tanks being made or if they're needing new suits for the stormtroopers or if they're needing new blasters to be made they can be popping those out right then and there because they're making what they need right there as opposed to in Hosnian where they can't move anywhere. And so the base is all stagnant. Then if they're over here, no, they can't get resources there as quickly. And so he's discussing that. And he says, you know, that's kind of the, you know, issue with why Hosnian Prime's destroyed. And it's a, it's a sign to his brilliance that, you know, he came up with something better than they did. And they're, you know, forever gone. And the ashes will kind of praise what he came up with or did. And that's where it goes into saying that he wants to be one day when I'm Supreme Leader Hux. Which they've never portrayed in the movies. And you can say, oh, you know, it seemed obvious. But it seemed more obvious to me that he just wanted to battle with Kylo. That he wanted Supreme Leader to view him better. Then he viewed Kylo. But you never fully got the idea. Or was it as well fleshed out? But it would have been better if it was more fleshed out. And in The Last Jedi, it definitely isn't fleshed out. I mean, you can say that one little bit at the end. Where he tries to pull the blaster and tries to shoot Kylo. Which wasn't Ryan Johnson's idea. It was added in by Dom Hall Gleason. Because he said, hey man, I'm a bumbling idiot throughout all this movie. Can we remind them that I'm actually dangerous? And Ryan was like... <laughs> I guess we're in the last 30 minutes here. I'm just pumping out BS now. I'm not even paying attention. I don't really even care. I got a visual that I want to do. And I want to make sure that Luke's a coward at the end. Outside of that, I don't really care. You, know, you do whatever you want. Action. Like, I mean, that's basically how that scene was directed. Um, and then, so he goes through it. And it's a waste. Because he's been, and, and so even in that point where you can say, oh, no, there's some points where he's trying to show that he's a supreme leader. Well, first, you don't give any depth to that, like in this. But two, it doesn't show immediately after that. He's just choked out by Kylo. And then later he's thrown against the wall again and just bossed around like a nobody. Like he's got zero power. Like right now, the resistance is nothing. The First Order's got all this unlimited resources because, you know, Disney's not, you know, creative enough to build out a story in which they slowly come back to power. And so they just, you know, boom, we're in power again. And why not have it where there's a split after this happens? And that you have a battle begin to rise up in the next movies between the two orders. Where you have Kylo and his group that follows him versus the First Order and Hux. 
Wouldn't that be something new and interesting? We've got the first kind of split, and now as the resistance is building itself back up, those two are kind of battling their way through each other to see who's the ultimate in control. Wouldn't that have been interesting? Yeah, Hux, when he's getting choked, he's to be like, okay, you're Supreme Leader, you're Supreme Leader. But then he just goes right back downstairs and says, hey guys, Supreme Leader Smoke's dead. I'm the Supreme Leader now. Let's go. I mean, who's not going to follow? I mean, he, he's been leading them the entire time. I mean, whoever basically gets Phasma, that's a big play there. Until she's killed because, as Ryan Johnson said, she's Kenny because he has zero respect for Star Wars. But anyways, it's just wasted. It's absolutely wasted. 150%. It also talks about the Hux kind of looks down on Snoke for his waste that he's constantly trying to find Luke and he thinks that's pointless. And he looks down on the powers of, you know, force users that it's, you know, not really great. Um, he also mentions that the senators, this is basically just a spill of explaining stuff through this. And he says the senators aren't there and the new Republic army that's left over is not helping because those senators that survived or weren't on Hazian called the small remaining armies to their planets to protect them. That they're just, they're just being selfish and protecting themselves and because of that, there's nobody there to help them. And so because they're split up, no one's going to come help the resistance. And so that's kind of their explanation to kind of explain away why this stuff happens. Now, then it goes back to Luke on Octu. And Ray's explaining to Luke why it is that he needs to come help. And you might think, oh, I remember this scene. It was terrible. Luke says, you know, Luke says, "There's what do you expect me to do? Show up with a lightsaber and fight. Which, of course, at the end he does. Which is just Ryan Johnson thinking he's brilliant because he's an idiot. And he's just so stupid. The dumbest storytelling. Good God. But, so, Luke says, you know, what do you expect? This is going to, you know, I'm going to show up and do this. And then, after that, Ray's kill explaining it. But in the novel, they go deeper to make Luke be pathetic because the movie they didn't do it well enough and ryan johnson and jason fry were sitting there and they were like what can we do to make this better like we really gotta ruin luke some people still like him like i don't know how but a lot of people despite the fact we're clearly spitting on the on their faces and basically dragging their favorite character through the ground clearly not making him anything like it i mean even mark hamill said you know, this isn't Luke Skywalker. I have to pretend I'm Jake Skywalker. You know, they've even got the character saying that this isn't the person at all. But a lot of these people are still like, oh, man, this is the Luke we've always known. That's brilliant. He's just, it's creative. And he's just, he changed over time. And it's like, you know, Jason's like, yeah, that's the dumbest thing ever. Why could anyone actually believe that? Like, that makes zero sense. Do people even understand how people function, even in the real world? Much less that this is a fantasy and it never makes sense to do that to an old established character. That just bombs all logic. And Ryan's like, I know what we can do. Let's screw him up even more. Well, how are we going to screw him up even more? Oh, I know. Let's say that he doesn't even care when Ray's telling him about it. He doesn't even care at all. There's not a a little bit of conflict in him. There isn't like, oh, that's my sister, the person I love more than anyone. I need to go try to help. Or a little bit of conflict. He just doesn't care. Why? Why? I just 
the Luke, that all his character, his person, his who he is deep down is all about caring too much. That's the Skywalkers as a whole. They care too much. Even Anakin, he cared too much and that got him in trouble. But now it comes back around and he doesn't care at all. Because people change, right? People change. Man, this is just the stupidest stuff ever. It's absolutely insane. So then more trying to explain issues, you know, I brought up as well. Where, why was it Black Squadron helping Poe out at the beginning? And Leia here, when they're going through hyperdrive, she's thinking about all the stuff that's going on. And she kind of mentions that Black Squadron's been sent off. Mainly Jess Pava and uh, Tim and Wexley, Snap Wexley. And that they've been sent to these senators that are far away to be able to tell them, hey, come back and help. Which is just stupid. It's them trying to explain stupid things. Um, you just had Starkiller Base where you had the bombing with the X-Wings of Starkiller Base. Yet when you go to do the bombing of the Dreadnought, you only send Poe out there who can clearly handle it with the speed of, that he's maneuvering around with. But yet then you send these slow-moving bombers that clearly would never make it. Never. They have zero chance of surviving any battle ever. Any. <laughs> A slight little debris blows up everything. That's what these ships are. They're, it's a joke. It's, it's not even like how people can argue anything with those is mind-boggling to me. They're, they're just, they don't function at all. There's, there's nothing beneficial to them at all outside of the plot of an idiot story. So why didn't they have just a bunch of X-Wings going and bombing and doing bombing runs? It would have been more interesting. That's your first issue for why they didn't do it. And it could have functioned and worked. And it could have added some serious depth to the character. And you could have actually had Poe feeling the loss. Because it could have been one of the people in his squadron that actually got killed in the battle. And then there could have been actually some meaning. But instead we add a new character that we don't know or care about. Because Ryan's an idiot. And he just, he doesn't understand. Because I guess he can't connect with people. He has zero like emotional you know, ability. Which is like one of the first... Uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> he, 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 can't, he can't grasp human emotions. Because this is a person that thinks Luke could become who he is. And even Luke said it. He was like, is that how you view me? Or Mark Hamill said it. He's like, is that how you view me? It's because Ryan's kind of... He, he's not quite, you know... You can tell by the story and you understand. He's, he's not fully there. Um, and so... <laughs> Why not have that happen to where that's going on? But they didn't do that because Ryan's an idiot, again. Can't emphasize that enough. And so they have to figure out how how can we make sure that they're away. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We sent them off on a mission because they've got to go tell the resistance because we're going to need more help. Hmm. Okay, let me just think through this a little bit. What would they logically do? They're low on fuel. They know the First Order's coming, so they're going to need protection. So do we send off our best squadron of fighter pilots, or do we just send a message? Because you're on Dakar. You're on the base when you sent them, because they weren't there when the First Order showed up. So why didn't you just send a message from Dakar? Seems simple. 
you know, you, you, you would have the capabilities to do so. Why not just, you know, oh, they're packing to get away. Why not just wait on that one, that one thing that you need to send out messages that are very important. That's the last thing you pack up. How about that? How about that? You know, a little logic put in here. But let's say you, for some reason, you can't, you can't figure that one out. They're on the Radis. They can't send a message from the Radis. They can't put it out there to kind of say, hey, guys, we're, we're over here. Um, I know y'all ran away because y'all saw Hosni and Prime be blown up and y'all were afraid. And so y'all have gone back to your homes to protect yourselves. And, you know, but uh, we blew that. We blew the Death Star. We blew Starkiller base up. It's gone. You don't have to worry now. You know that thing that you ran away from? We destroyed it. So come back and help us as we do normal battle from this point on. We've got purple-haired people that will fly ships through other ships. We're good. Why, why would you not send that message out? Why would you not explain these to these people? Why do you have to send your, your top fighter squadron out? To go send these messages, and you might say, you know, I know they try to act like the Radis can't do it, but for some reason, um, which makes zero sense, even though when they needed to get a message to Maz Kanata in the middle of a battle, Maz Kanata got the message and was able to respond and talk to him, but they couldn't do it to a senator on a planet. They couldn't do that, and they act like a almost forty-year-old rebel base that's been. Gone, like no one's used for almost 40 years, that that's going to have the capabilities to handle what they need to send out. But the Radis, a high-level ship, can't. This is the level of writing that we have. This is the idiots running things with Disney. Jason Fry, someone they often call to write. And Ryan Johnson, someone that they thought, man, this story is so good. Let's give them a trilogy. Let's give them a trilogy. This is this is what these people. These are that's who's doing this stuff here. I mean, it's just. So then it goes into Leia, again. She's she's kind of there, and she starts to think about her mother, and then she starts to think about Luke, and Luke talking about reaching out the force. And again, this is kind of trying to retcon Mary Poppins later, and uh, because there was really nothing ever shown beforehand and so now ryan's trying to like pretend that there's been something there but uh leia didn't you know prior canon leia didn't really do much with the force and she never could quite really feel anything um she did some little things but when she did she could barely sense anything so like she never got far with it at all Aftermath and Bloodline were kind of clear on that like she never and it was never really her thing she didn't really quite do it but ryan you know those don't matter. So Ryan goes and he says, oh, Leia starts to reach out and she's thinking about Luke because the only thing Luke knows how to teach people, this is, you want to be a Jedi, here's what you do. Just reach out with the Force. Yes, you got to put your hand out like Ray. Reach out with the Force. That's it. I mean, you know, you know how to be a Jedi now. You can do anything. You can do anything. Now, there's no further teaching you need. A lot of people were complaining about, why didn't Luke teach Ray more? Well, he did. He taught her everything. Because that's all you all you have to do. Just reach out and feel the force. That's it. That's it. Story over with. Done. No more training needed. <laughs> and so, she reaches out and she starts to feel 
all the living beings around and the force flowing through them and she senses the emotion of those around them and so ryan uses this to be able to cut out Poe some more so she you know she talks about how she feels you know happiness that they got away fear that they're still being chased anger for revenge and sadness at loss and then it gets to poe and he feels pride <laughs> i mean it's just it's insane what 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 is it that causes him to hate poe so much or what is it that causes him to hate a successful talented you know man well, is that has to be what it is that he just he despised it that he grew up and he saw other people that were successful for you know, and looked up to by other people and he just despised them he despised them and he's finally got his chance and he's going to destroy them all luke poe anyone anybody that's seen as this kind of alpha male he's going to destroy them and try to make them into weak, pathetic little beta males that are just kind of like at standing before the woman, like, what do I need to do next? Just tell me, tell me, and I'll do it. As all the stupid articles said, if they would just listen to the women, everything would be perfect. The women didn't even say anything, you idiots. <laughs> like, Hoda didn't say anything. It's not like she told him and he said, oh, I'm not, I'm going to do something different. And as plenty of people have covered, if you listen to Leia and didn't destroy the Dreadnought, they are killed the very next moment. Because the Dreadnought would destroy them. So they lost 40 to 50 people and he killed 215,000 people on the Dreadnought and destroyed the only ship that the First Order had that would be able to destroy the Rattus, thus saving the entire Resistance. But hey. <laughs> don't think too clearly don't think logically about these things now he he did disobey so should some trouble happen yeah should it be in the middle of what you're going through right now shouldn't you know trying to switch around who's the leader here and there probably isn't the smartest thing give him a little slap if you want say don't disobey my orders anymore i had reasons for what i was saying and say we'll discuss this as soon as we're done with this situation soon as we're free of this, me and you are having a sit-down talk. But nah, we're going to cut him out. We're going to bring in someone nobody knows. And it talks about her battle. That's the thing that's kind of bothered me. There hasn't been any battle. <laughs> what battle did she have? She must have had a cat fight with someone. In a, you know, in a parking lot somewhere. On another moon. Because, uh... The Resistance hasn't really fought anybody. That was kind of the thing, is they made their appearance in The Force Awakens. And it's been days. Now, does this go back to the Rebellion? Why didn't we see her in the Rebellion then? Why was there never a mentioning of her? What great battle could there have really been? Anyways. So... She thinks about Poe being too prideful. Poe's too prideful and he needs she she needs to deal with that. One thing that I did kind of like in it was it goes to talking about Luke 
that Luke ultimately that he he has decided that the connections part of the Jedi need to go away. That the rule that you don't need to have emotional connections. And that's great. That's what many people thought was going to be the case when the trailer came out that said, you know, it's time for the Jedi to end. That he kind of meant like some of the rules and regulations that they kind of put down that kind of bogged down the you know what the Jedi were meant to be. That's what most people thought. And so Luke was definitely headed that route. And the explanation for it I actually quite enjoyed. Why couldn't you make this a part of the movie? But instead it's a little spot in a novel that then you say, but now Luke's no, he's not around anymore. You know, so he's he does he's cut himself off from the force. He's cut himself off from the force, but he's able to do a very impressive um projection of himself across the galaxy and then become a force ghost even though he's been cut off from the force and yoda never tried to show up at any point to try to talk to luke to explain to him that hey uh learn from your failures move on do better he had to wait till after everything happened before he showed up luke's been cut off for like five or six years and you can't say, oh, well, he was cut off from the Force, so the Force ghost shouldn't, couldn't show up. No, no, no. Luke's still cut off when Yoda shows up there. There's nothing to say that Luke has stopped being cut off. Because he was training Rey while cut off. So the fact that he's still training Rey isn't showing that he's not cut off anymore. Just little issues constantly throughout this movie that is just never ending. But so the explanation is that the Jedi, Yoda and Obi-Wan had talked about that you need to be free of emotional connections. And their point is that Vader turned to the dark side because of these things. But Luke argues that equally it was those emotional connections that brought him back to the light side, which is very interesting and a great point. I actually really like that. Um, it makes a lot of sense, and it would make sense for Luke's character to argue that route, where it's like, yeah, okay, you're just as likely to fall to the dark side from emotional connections as to be pulled to the light side because of emotional connections. So it's not really the emotional connections that's the issue. It's something deeper, something different. There's other things going on. So just to erase emotional connections, it's kind of missing the point. And I really like that. I think that's really good. That's one little check that you can add. But the problem is, is it just, it's hidden away in this little bitty moment. So you don't get credit for it. But it is, it is, you know, it's good. I, I like that. Now, the final little thing is, again, they try to like almost answer a question. But in doing so, it's such a failure that it's like, of course, this is how you did it. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> You idiots. This is, of course, how you set up this situation. So Finn and Poe are in their room. Poe's trying to help get Finn ready because he just had his Jar Jar water walk. And in it, he ends up, uh, Poe ends up telling Finn that, or Finn says, why, why does it feel like we lost? Didn't we win? Didn't we destroy Starkiller Base? Didn't we all get away? Didn't we get the map? Isn't Everyone perfectly okay, and Ray's going to head Luke. Why does it feel like we lost? It's a it's a good question. That's a question many people had. That you know, it should seem like the movie that just happened days before actually happened. You know, 
there should be some continuance. And instead, it just seems like, nah, First Order shows up, boom, attacking, let's do this. We're still as just as powerful and nothing bad ever happened to any of us. But y'all seem like y'all are weaker now and more pathetic. And you have less people wanting to help you. Even though finally, for the first time, so the whole point the Resistance says it had help is because no one believed the First Order was really existing. So now everyone believes it exists. So they know everything Leia's been saying is true. And then Leia, within like a day of the New Republic being destroyed, she destroys the base for the First Order. You would think that those two things would add to huge, huge amounts of assistance from everyone else that's around. This woman knows what she's doing. Let's help her because we need to protect ourselves. That would make sense. That's why it wasn't done. So Poe's response in brilliance and the ultimate kind of like Ryan Johnson answering his failures. He says, yeah, we, we came out of hiding to blow up Starkiller Basin. So they followed us back. That <laughs> That's it. That, that was that was the explanation. They came out of hiding, even though comics show that they've been out for forever. They've constantly gone different places to do different things. It had many runs in with the First Order. But canon doesn't matter. You know, let's just ignore that. You know, eh, let's just pretend that doesn't happen. And then we go and say, yeah, then they just followed us back. So now we're behind and we're losing. That's that's some in-depth writing. That's when you get like four or five layers deep. This is like we're we're in the snow mountain part of the dream in Inception. We're like three or four levels deep here. Now, this is just this is it's it's too high level for us. We sexist racist bigots can't understand the depths of what Ryan Johnson's putting together. You see, this is so so deep and so intricately woven that we can't grasp it. Because we're stupid. That's what it is. So then Finn kind of makes a comment where he's trying to hint to Poe that I'm not a part of the resistance. I don't want to be a part of the resistance. I'm just, I just tried to save Ray. That's all I did. And I just want to get away with Ray and run away and hide from the First Order. Because it's the only way you can survive is to hide from the First Order. So he wants to go to some backwater place with just him and Ray and hide away forever. Anyways, those are chapters four through seven. It's just as bad as you would expect. It's quite miserable, um, ultimately. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Um, so I hope you did not buy it. I hope you're just listening to me explain it to you. Um, I hope at least you got some pleasure from my suffering while hearing terrible, terrible information, news, and storytelling. Um so at least that your experience can be a little bit better than mine because I want to make sure that you kind of know what it is. So at least if you're having a debate or conversation with someone that uh, you can know some of the stuff that they added into these novels. And you also don't have to spend money to give money to Disney because they don't deserve it. Um, you can just watch me suffer and listen to me talk. And hopefully it be enjoyable. So I look forward to hearing all your thoughts down below um, discussing all the stupid stuff from this. <laughs> we'll have a much more intellectual conversation than anything that Ryan Johnson and Jason Fry could ever put together 
in their wildest dreams. And so I look forward to that. And uh, thank you guys for watching. And never forget you, Nerf Herders. I love you.